Yes, hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning. It is the 8th of November 2023. Daniel Pedro back with you as always broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170 our open line number or you can text, although maybe not if you're with Optus, uh, 0457 736 736. That's all before breakfast with Jimmy Smith and Greg Alexander coming up in an hour's time. Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Jimmy and Brainy, then Pat and Heels along for you at 6am local time. Good to be with you the morning after the Melbourne Cup. We will talk about that shortly. Uh, without a fight, we'll play the end of the race. We'll get to that shortly and we'll do a more in-depth chat about that with Matty Cox when we speak to him, host of Traders News in Melbourne, in about 15 minutes to talk about that, some of the other big issues of the day. The cricket overnight. We'll get to that in a second as well. Australia were in all sorts of trouble before Glenn Maxwell. Basically, well, I would describe it on one leg. Charlie Goodsir would describe it on zero legs. Uh, saved uh, Australia. So we'll talk about that. They are in all sorts of trouble against Afghanistan. So we'll talk about that as well. Some rugby league news around and plenty more to get through. And as I say, in about 15 minutes, we will have a chat with Manny Cox, host of Tradies News in a nutshell in Melbourne uh, to talk all about the big issues of the week. But let's get stuck into it. The cricket last night. Quite unbelievable. Now, I was uh, listening to a bit of it and uh, saw the very tail end of it. I text our cricket expert, Paul Dennett, who will join me tomorrow morning on the show, uh, asking, is it fair that Maxwell saved us on one leg? He replied back to me saying no legs. He couldn't move and was still hitting sixes. He described Glenn Maxwell's innings as the best innings he has ever seen. Maxwell, 201 not out of 128 balls. Quite unbelievable. At one stage, it looked like he was going to have to be retired, hurt. And Adam Zampa was going to come in. So Afghanistan off their 50 overs made five for 291. And Australia were in all sorts at one point in, ta- in time. Seven down for not a lot before Glenn Maxwell came in and played one hell of an innings. Well done to him. As I say, 201 not out. Uh, Pat Cummins was there for most of it as well. Uh, he was not out on 12. The rest of the scorecard, not great. Travis Head uh, was out for a duck. David Warner, 18. Mitch Marsh, 24. Manish Lubbershane, 14. Marcus Doinus, 6. Mitch Stark, 3. And as I say, Pat Cummins, not out for 12. But well done to Australia. Although, as we know, uh, Afghanistan, uh, they've been in a couple of sides throughout this Cricket World Cup. Um, and it looked like before Glenn Maxwell got in, they were going to beat another side in Australia. So well done to Australia. But if you did stay up and watch the Glenn Maxwell innings, it only finished probably about less than 90 minutes ago. So if you stayed up or you got up or you couldn't sleep and you're listening to the show, happy to hear your thoughts on that. He gets a lot of criticism, doesn't he, uh, Glenn Maxwell, but basically saved Australia overnight against Afghanistan. So well done to Australia, uh, but definitely... Uh, a real scare for the Australian team there. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Uh, Maxwell and Pat Cummins, 202 run a partnership. They were 7 for 91, Australia. Uh, Maxwell smacked 21 boundaries and 10 sixes in his 128 ball knock, finishing unbeaten on 201. Um Australia, having secured its sixth consecutive victory in the tournament, has booked 
a spot in the World Cup semi-finals where they will come up against South Africa. Uh, so avoiding India in the semi-finals is very good, but as has been said by quite a few people, still going to beat India. Uh, you would imagine at some stage in the World Cup if they're going to get there. But well done to Australia. Well done to Glenn Maxwell. If you stayed up and watched it, was it the best innings you've ever seen in cricket? Must come close, basically doing it with no legs and still managing to hit sixes, 21 boundaries and 10 sixes, as I said. Quite unbelievable. Well done to them. Now, just uh, if you are with Optus, uh, just so you know, uh, just in case you're wondering why your phone might not be working, there is a national outage, it has been reported, some breaking news coming through. So uh, some issues with Optus this morning. So if you are with Optus uh, and you might be texting this show and you see it not going through, that is why. Uh, 0457736736, but you can always jump on the open line, 1300 01 And it got me thinking on the back of what Glenn Maxwell did overnight. Heroic performances on a sporting field. Now, it might be for several different reasons. Most people would think it would be because of some kind of injury. And we know uh, from a rugby league point of view, there's been quite a few heroic performances over the times uh, in state of origins in grand finals with players playing injured. Can you name a couple of heroic performances like Glenn Maxwell overnight? Is Glenn Maxwell at your top of the list? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. I will get back to that shortly. We might have a chat with Matty Cox about that. Something we will definitely talk to Matty Cox about is the Melbourne Cup. Did you go and watch it somewhere? Maybe you headed out to Randwick, uh, watching it at home, maybe out with some friends. Wherever you were, this was the tail end of the Melbourne Cup yesterday. 400 metres to go. It's absurd moving up on the outside for Zach Burden. A length in front, but without a fight, it's running on right down the centre of the track. Without a fight, up to absurd Bowen to Claire and Shiraz the Volta. It's without a fight. 100 metres to go. Two or three lengths in front coming away from Shiraz and also Solgum. Without a fight, Mark Zara, a Melbourne Cup champion, wins it by two lengths. Second in the race was Solcombe, third Shiraz. Yeah, so without a fight, uh, who won the Caulfield Cup a couple of weeks ago, goes on to win the Melbourne Club, uh, Cup. It was close uh, going into uh, the last little bit of the race. But as I said, Caulfield Cup into Melbourne Cup. Hasn't been done for 22 years, but he did it. And well done to without a fight. Another fantastic day of Melbourne Cup racing. Uh, also here, of course, in Sydney uh, with the big dance. We had Eagle Farm in Queensland. And again, it is the race that does stop the nation. And there are some people that are just not into the Melbourne Cup, and that's fine. There are a lot of people that just aren't into sport generally. But you can't doubt it uh, tonight. Where I was, it was very busy. Over 80,000 people at Flemington yesterday as well to watch the race. And as I say, when we talk to Matty Cox, we'll get the vibe of what it was like in Melbourne. But around Sydney, if you're in the city of Sydney, I'm sure it was the same in Brisbane or wherever you're listening this morning uh, via the SEN app. Everywhere was packed. Everyone in a good mood. Didn't see any real issues at all. So without a fight, well done uh, to Mark Zara. Well done to without a fight. As I say, Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup double, the first in about 22 years. If you've got any thoughts on what happened yesterday with the race, happy to hear from you. Did you go out to Randwick? What was that like? We know, obviously, the Everest uh, captures a lot of attention about a month ago, wasn't it now? Sort of mid-October. The big dance got raced at 2.20 yesterday, about 40 minutes before the Melbourne Cup was raced. As I said yesterday on the show, I've been out to Randwick once uh, for Melbourne Cup Day a long time ago. It's probably about 2016. 
I think this is before, uh, probably even before the Everest was in, definitely before the big dance was in. Great day out there. So if you were at Randwick, would be happy to hear from you. If you're at Flemington, uh, maybe listening on the SEN app, uh, 0457 736 736 is our text number, or 1300 01 1170 if you want to get in touch that way. There's a bit of rugby league news floating around, as well as I said, a couple of teams back at training uh, yesterday. A bit of news around Mel Meninga, a bit of news around the Bulldogs as well. We will get to all of that throughout the course of the show. Just on the Cricket World Cup as well, it continues tonight. So Australia, with that win, as I say, look like they will go on to meet South Africa uh, in the in the semi-final. So well done to Australia. It continues tonight with what will be a very intriguing game. Now, at 7:30 p.m. tonight, England taking on the Netherlands. Now we know England, uh, the reigning champions, have been very poor in this year's World Cup. Haven't won a game yet, but they're up against the Netherlands, who have caused an upset or two. Uh, will definitely one along the way. Be quite amusing. Uh, sorry to any English people that are listening, or English fans. Quite amusing if uh, England do lose to the Netherlands. Uh, England, sorry, have won one match, but the Netherlands have won two matches. Uh, in fact, ne the Netherlands, as of right now, sit in ninth. England still in tenth. So this could decide last place in this year's World Cup. Both have one match to play after this one coming up. Uh, so that'll be tonight in the World Cup. As I say, we'll talk to Paul Dennett tomorrow morning about that. So plenty to get through on this Wednesday morning, the day after the Melbourne Cup. Uh, did you back a winner yesterday? If you did, well done to you. Uh, we might talk more about that with Matty Cox in a second. Glenn Maxwell, is that the best innings you've ever seen? And what are some of the uh, other heroic sporting achievements you've seen on a sporting field? 0457 736 736, our text number. 1300 01 1170, our open line number. We'll take a break and come back and have a chat with Matty Cox. It's 10 past five in New South Wales, 10 past four in Queensland. 0457736736 were heroic performances on a sporting field on the back of Glenn at Maxwell's innings Melbourne Cup yesterday. What did you make of it or anything else? It's time now to cross down to Melbourne for the Makita XGT experience professional cordless power without limits. Let's go down to Melbourne and have a chat with the great Maddie Cox. Now on SEN, on SEN it's, it's time, time to, to trade towns. And a very good morning to you, Mr. Pettigrew. Morning to you, Matty. How's your morning going? Yeah. <laughs> Overall, okay, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm going to use a bit of horse racing language uh, yes, here. Very, I've yep. spent the better part of the weekend in a good paddock. Yep. So I'm coming up fresh mm. off uh, for a first start this morning, and I'm mm. a step or two already behind the pace. Yeah. When the phone line goes down, <laughs> and this isn't the SEN studio, no. by the way. You can still uh, yeah. message through and mm. give us a call. Mm. Uh, unless you're with Optus. Yes, unless you're with Optus, because it seems as though... Well, I've certainly got an issue, so I can yeah. declare that. But considering some of the uh, some of the reporting online, which hasn't been confirmed, but it suggests I'm not the only one, Dan. Mm -hmm. I think I'll caveat that way. No, well, I was leaving the house, and then uh, the internet went down. I thought, this is a bit weird. Um, and uh, when I got in, I went on uh, social media. And yes, not just me and you uh, having issues with it. In fact, I did just see the Today Show reporting it as well. So if they're reporting it, it must be true. So it is a bit annoying. It takes you back uh, to when... Well, phones weren't around. I don't really remember when phones weren't around, but when you couldn't access your phone or anything uh, on the internet, no one to text, very, very strange. 
Well, very self-indulgent of me, Dan, mm. but most of my weekend was like that because oh, really? up in the uh, Victorian high country. Mm. Beautiful part of the world, by the way. Very Just nice. To, before we get into the cut yeah, and thrust yeah. of the reasons why we're mm. speaking and the big story mm. from the big show overnight. Yeah. If you ever get the chance, the King Valley in Victoria is one of the best spots in the world for me, yeah, just very, quietly. Very good. Some great, some great wineries up there well, as well. Always drink responsibly. Of course. I've been to the Yarra Valley, and that's very nice and stayed there for a few days. So maybe King Valley can be next on my list. I mean, I am due a holiday, so maybe I could squeeze it into the next couple of weeks. Yep, I go go around there. Italian <laughs> wines—that's mm. what they uh, specialise in—and it was very nice. magnificent, Dan. Very but that's nice. not the very reason nice. why we're very talking good. this morning. No, uh, could be. Let's let's stay. Well, it could, <laughs> and then we can continue talking about this Optus issue as well. Mm. But it, we will focus on the other big headline of the morning, which is Glenn Maxwell and consuming some of the the reports this morning and not having witnessed it. But th- mm. this has been a phenomenal innings that has taken place overnight and anyone out there I encouraged to find the highlights of how he was actually performing because some of the messages that I'm receiving this morning say it was an absolutely unbelievable knock from Glenn Maxwell who wasn't 100% fit. No so Australia were 7 for 91 before he came out to bat ended up getting over 200 runs. Uh I was listening to it on off uh, throughout the night um and caught the very tail end of it as I was getting ready to come into work. And I actually text, I have a cricket expert that come on my, comes on my show every week, and I text him because I knew he'd be awake listening uh, and watching it, and he said that it's the best innings he has ever seen. So that is how good it was. Basically on no legs, another colleague here, Charlie Goodsir, came in and said he could not, he woke up in the middle of the night, switched the cricket on and couldn't go back to sleep. He said it was unbelievable. At one stage, uh, he was going to get subbed off, and it will retire hurt. Adam Zampa was ready to come on and still managed to play this innings basically, well, maybe no, definitely just on one leg, but most people saying no legs at all. Just quite unbelievable. And Matty, uh, and it's, it'll be interesting to get your take on this. He gets a lot of criticism, Glenn Maxwell, has done right throughout his entire career. But when he plays innings like this, he is simply one of the best cricketers going around at the moment, at least one of the most exciting cricketers to watch play. And I think this is a defining moment, not only for him, but also for any aspiring athlete out there. React on instinct. Go with instinct. Yes, you can have a game plan and all that set up, but in the moment, you can only respond to a situation the best way that you know how. For Glenn Maxwell, that's to go out and knock it around the park as hard as he can. And often at times... It doesn't come off. I've read somewhere that he was dropped uh, at a point throughout the course of the innings as well. So there were some risky moments for him. But that's the natural way that Glenn Maxwell plays. And as frustrating as it can be at times, when it comes off, and particularly the situation that Australia was in, very easy to go the path of conservative and just try and see the innings through, particularly when all the momentum was with... Afghanistan. So for him to completely flip that script and to combine with his captain down the other end, that's the other extraordinary part of this story this morning. It was a 202 run partnership between Maxwell and Pat Cummins. Mm. 
that Cummins only made a handful of, yes. of runs, but it was such a, a vital role to have the skipper down the other end to, to keep him focused. I can only imagine. I'm only reading reports. I haven't witnessed it this morning or, or heard too much apart from the, the final delivery this morning. But that, it is such a, a mammoth occasion, mm. a mammoth occasion for, for Australia to have their back against the wall, for Glenn Maxwell to come out and make such a a magnificent uh, run-scoring performance on top of the fact that he looked about he was cooked. Yeah, I'll ask you something in general about the Cricket World Cup in a second, but it's a good point you make. Charlie Goodsir actually made it to me as well. Uh, he was on fire this morning. Two good points, very rare from Charlie. But he is right about the fact that at the end of the day, Glenn Maxwell may be the hero, but as you said, as Charlie put it out, Pat Cummins was down the other end. He only made 12 in that partnership, but he was just as important to stay there to help Glenn Maxwell be able to do what he did. Quite unbelievable. It's it, it, there's so many times that we talk about brilliant efforts on a sporting field when players are injured. We see it in rugby league all the time. You know, grand finals, there are quite a few. AFL, I'm sure it happens as well. This would definitely have to be at the top of the list in any sport that I've witnessed. Yeah. Just as you were talking there, the the other one that comes to mind for me, and mm. I know we reflect on 2019 at Heading League and we, we don't look the, the greatest on what Ben Stokes, well, we marvel at what he achieved and not mm. the result that it produced. But mm. J- Jack Leach was in a very similar position to what Pat Cummins experienced last night. Different formats of the game, but mm. I think that's kind of the vibe that we're looking at from the Australian skipper this morning. But as you said, that that is a, a fascinating question to pose. Who Who have been some of those other heroic performances? There's been multiple Mm. multiple across the journey. So I'm going to I'm going to steal that off you, Dan. You I'm can, going to open that up to my audience as well this morning. You can do that. You're more than welcome to do that. Hey, just before we move on, just on the Cricket World Cup in general, it's interesting, isn't it? Now, it does go a long time. The final's not for another 10, 11 days from now. But I think at the start of the World Cup, uh, and this was when uh, it started still when the rugby league season, the AFL season was basically at their peak time in terms of AFL grand final, NRL grand final. We've also had some international rugby league. So I think that took attention away from the Cricket World Cup and maybe as well due to the fact that Australia didn't get off to the greatest start, but now they've won six in a row, clearly, and on the back of what Glenn Maxwell did last night, clearly the attention will now turn to what Australia might be able to do in the semi-final and then maybe in the final, we'll wait and see. But it does seem to be getting a lot more interesting now that we are getting towards the end of the tournament. And Maybe, uh, look, I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect way to play the 50-over World Cup, but if it is to continue, which it seems like it will in another three or four years, although there is doubt about the future of one-day cricket generally, I don't mind this format. Each team playing each other once, semi-final, final, done. Yeah, and I I think there's been a little bit of criticism because of the length of the tournament yes. and some of the blowouts that have been produced. But mm. at the same time... Not only is it probably the best way to, to keep the competition even with everyone playing off against each other, but it becomes a war of attrition. Mm. It becomes a survival of the fittest. And as we've seen with a couple of the, the bigger teams, most notably England, who haven't been able to produce throughout mm. this tournament. I know we, we take a bit of fun at the fact that they're down the bottom and uh, now going to even struggle for the Champions Trophy. But 
the, the fact that they haven't been able to turn their World Cup campaign around, considering that there's a whole lot more games than what there would be in a group stage. And then the other thing that I think it does, it is it encourages these smaller teams. So the Netherlands, Afghanistan, I think you can loop into this conversation. They're capable of producing the odd upset, which can create some curveballs and some further intrigue for the tournament. And particularly from an Australian perspective, when everything kicked off, we got really worried in the first two games. We were thinking it was all doom and gloom. But for uh, for them to turn it around, I I have enjoyed the tournament overall. Yeah. And I know that there'll be complaints about how long it goes for, and there has been some criticism. But I think it's it's how you want a, a World Cup staged, I, yeah. I feel. Well, when you talk about how long it goes for, I'm sure that the World Cup that we had here about eight years ago went for longer than this one. Um, so... I think this is probably the best format they're going to get. And, of course, the question will still be raised and probably a topic for another time before we move on, but um, about the future of one-day cricket, 50 over cricket. But then you see what happens overnight with someone like a Glenn Maxwell and you realise there is still a place for it somewhere in the cricketing calendar, but it's going to be intriguing to see where it does land over the next couple of years and the future of 50 over cricket. Yeah, I heard John Buchanan a couple of weeks ago. In fact, he was on SEN Breakfast. Uh, and also Bryce McGain is another one that I've heard advocating that this is this format is so critical to the survival of cricket in general because you've got T20 competitions starting everywhere and the, the, all the commercial interests and the, the money for players to, to grab in those leagues across the world. You've got test cricket on the other hand, which we want to preserve. And I think everyone still sees as, as the the overarching uh, format of the game. Mm. One day international is so pivotal for players entering the cricketing landscape because it, it gives them the ability to flick between both formats and to learn both formats rather than go one or the other, because if, players become too specialised in either format, mm. then I feel cricket suffers as it probably has done in maybe the last five to ten years because yeah. there's been so much focus on T20 cricket. It hasn't allowed cricketers to go the, the full distance. But in saying that, T20 cricket's probably allowed Glenn Maxwell to do what he did overnight. So it's, it is a, an interesting conversation that no doubt we won't be the only ones uh, having Dan going forward, but I think I agree. It certainly does have a, a place in the game. Now, this mm. wasn't on our rundown, Dan, but I did huh. quickly want to touch on it. What happened to the Aussies on the weekend over in NZ uh, in yes. the uh, the league international? What's going on there? 30 zip. Yes, I forgot to mention that to you, Matty, in our, our little rundown that we've got things to oh, talk about. I think about. I've, got, I've got every reason as to why you didn't want to mention it, because we were no good. Uh well, yes, we were no good. No, we weren't very good. So, look, a couple of weeks ago, so the weekend before the one just gone, Australia beat New Zealand in Melbourne. And it's weird, and I, I don't know if I said it to you, but I definitely said it somewhere uh, along last week, is that New Zealand weren't totally out of that game that was actually played in Melbourne about 10 or 11 days ago. Australia scored a couple of late tries that made the scoreline blow out a little bit. But then on a Saturday afternoon, uh, New Zealand played amazingly well. 30-0 uh, 
uh, against Australia. Over there in New Zealand, not the biggest crowd in Hamilton, it has to be said. And uh, I just wonder, Hamilton, not really a rugby league stronghold. It's great to advertise the game elsewhere, but I'm, I was kind of surprised it wasn't being played uh, in Auckland. But that's uh, besides the point because New Zealand didn't matter where that game was played. They were really up for uh, that game in Australia, uh, Melbourne Inga, James Desco said after in the post-match press conference that they made some silly, silly mistakes, but they said, look, uh, they should have bounced back from that. But even if they had, New Zealand were just so good. And look, I think, Matty, we talk about international rugby league and it's a topic that we get to at this point in time, basically every year. This time last year, we were what, only a few days away from, uh, a couple of weeks away from the World Cup final. Um, Australia, even though... Us being Australians don't like seeing Australia being beaten. Australia being beaten is actually very good for international rugby league because it does get a little bit, I wouldn't say boring, but repetitive uh, when Australia keep winning and winning and winning, especially even against New Zealand. So that result for the course of international rugby league was very important. Well done to New Zealand. Uh, it looks like, Maddie, they're going to go around again with this sort of same tournament next year. On the other side of the draw, Papua New Guinea, who was smashed the week before, uh, beat Fiji on Sunday as well. So the two losing signs from the week before turned things around and won uh, the final of both competitions. So the more international rugby league we play, the better. I, I do wonder about the format that was played over the course of the last month. I'm not sure it quite captured the eyes of the general public, even some of the rugby league public. But at uh, the final, New Zealand very good. And uh, we'll see if they can continue that momentum next year. Yes, it'll be very curious. And as you said, uh, uh, the fact that Australia isn't at the top of the tree all the time, I think is may be a good thing, particularly mm. for rugby league. It may even create some further interest in it because... We had a great crowd at Amy Park down here, but the, the, the exposure wasn't great for a, a national side competing in this city. It's and it, well, yeah, I don't think there was much advertising. And also, I think, Maddie, as well, look, there's a lot of everyone listening here, uh, at least to uh, my show through our markets, New South Wales and Queensland, are huge rugby league fans. But I do think there is an element, unless it is something like a World Cup that we saw last year, I do think there's an element of grand final, okay, rugby league season is done. You may watch bits and pieces of the international game um, if you're uh, at home or maybe you're out somewhere and it's on the TV. But other than that, I do think there's an element of um, grand final, league season done, and it's how they fix that and how they fix people's mindsets thinking that, which is probably one of the biggest jobs that the International Rugby League, uh, the people running International Rugby League have to try and get people to enjoy International Rugby League and invest in International Rugby League just as much as they do with their club team and also origin side. Yes, I agree. Now, the Melbourne Cup mm. was run and won yesterday. You, a couple of weeks ago, uh -huh. after the fact I might uh, include, what? Yeah, okay. shared with me that you got the uh, the double in the Caulfield Cup. Did you have any success yesterday? Now, well, yes, I did. And to be fair, with the Caulfield Cup, I only picked that horse literally five, five minutes before the race started, so I couldn't share it with you beforehand. But, no, without a fight, uh, Caulfield Cup. And I thought, well, because it won in the Caulfield Cup, uh, it must be a chance in the Melbourne Cup. And I'm not an expert on horse racing well, at clearly, all. 
Clearly not, because no horse has done that since 2001, Dan. Well, I know, 22 years, I know that, Matty, but it, <laughs> that happened yesterday, didn't it? And it was a great a great race, very close for the majority of it, but, yeah, good to see without a fight win. Uh, of course, you know, gamble responsibly and what's real gambling really costing you and all of that, but uh, it was fantastic. And, look, it was a great race, and as I said at the top of my show here, the day is just fantastic, even from someone uh, who's not in Melbourne, and I have been to Melbourne, Gup, so I've lived in Melbourne while the Melbourne Cup uh, has been on. But uh, even here in Sydney, I'm sure the same in Brisbane, right around the country as well. Just absolutely fantastic day. Everyone in a good mood, everyone having fun. Over 80,000 people, Maddie, at Flemington as well. That would have been a big crowd at Randwick here. Just a great day. It's one of the days in the sporting calendar. It certainly is, and there's still two further days to come as part of the Melbourne Cup Carnival with uh, Oaks Day on Thursday and Champions Day, mm. they now call it, on uh, Saturday. Can I just bring you some breaking news uh, for you? I've just got on the Today Show here that the Melbourne train network is down. Yes. So, just, mm. so sunrise, I've got sunrise in mm. front of me this yes. morning. So this this is major <laughs> news for yes. particularly my audience this mm. morning. Not only if you're an Optus customer, you've got an issue <laughs> because it's affecting also Perth, Adelaide. Mm. I saw Mildura flash up at one oh. point, Sydney and Brisbane. Brisbane have got Optus issues. Mm. NIMS has arrived, so I can get the Wi-Fi password Good. for my phone. Good. So that's that's a thumbs up <laughs> for me. Uh, but the Melbourne train network mm. is uh, looking as though it is not functioning 100% this morning. So if you are planning on catching public transport into work this morning, my advice would be to give yourself as much time as possible. Don't put the alarm on snooze because it looks like we are in for a hell of a morning down here. Yes, it doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound fun. I wish you all the best with that one. There was one other thing that we wanted to talk about, though, before we depart. Yeah, well, maybe we might hold it again because I think we need a little bit of time to discuss it because it surrounds the player movement space and list Mm. management because we've gone through various phases for both of our footy codes over the last couple of weeks and we've got our draft coming up. So I'm curious to try and pick apart what the differences are between the two footy codes for those that may or may not be aware because in our preliminary discussions, Dan, there are a few... Uh, parts of how rugby league lists are formed that surprised me. So maybe we'll, mm. we might have to hold that off for a couple of weeks. Yes, sounds good, sounds good. Now I'm off for, well, I'm off for a couple of weeks, uh, actually off for a bit longer than that because there are some wonderful renovations being taken place here. Uh, you should see this place, Matty. It's a great picture at the moment. But I will endeavour, Matty, uh, on my break um, to wake up early on the Wednesday morning and have a chat with you because I would miss talking to you every week. So I reckon I might do that. I'll believe it when I see mm. it. That is uh, yeah. that is what I'll be suggesting. Yeah. You enjoy your break. Are you attending anything significant over <sighs> the next couple of weeks? Because usually when you depart for a period of time, you, you attend some sort of mm. concert or sporting mm. event or multiple of either, mm. given that you're very loaded up with cash. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, I went well, after your Melbourne Cup victory. Oh, well, yes, and of Caulfield course. And Cup. I, I put $2 on, so not too much later. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, well, la- this time last year, I was off to the UK to go to Old Trafford to watch the Rugby League uh, World Cup final. This year, staying in Sydney, but Allianz Stadium next Thursday, Robbie Williams concert. And what is really funny is I told you I brought these tickets when we had our chat the week after the AFL Grand Final last year. That is how long it has been. 
been since I brought those tickets. So, yeah, next Thursday night, off to see how Robbie performs in Sydney. I think it'll be a good night. It's a nice runway to, to lead up into things, to get people excited over 12 months in advance. It was, it's, I swear, I reckon October last year I brought the tickets. So, yeah, about 13 and a half months. But finally, as long as he doesn't cancel, finally, I will see him on Thursday. Next Thursday. So I'll report back, Matty. I'll let you know what he was like. Well, Dan, I hope he entertained you. That's uh, my way. And if I was quick enough, I would have had some Molly Williams <laughs> to send us out tonight. But I'm not. I'm going to blame that on the Optus mm. outage as well. Uh, appreciate it, Dan. You enjoy your break, and we may uh, chat to you over the next couple of weeks. We will. Thank you, Matty. Have a good one. You too. Uh, not even Robbie Williams there. Uh, Matty Cox in Melbourne there, and we will have, well, we'll chat with him again shortly. Charlie Goodsir, by the way, will be in the chair Friday and also Tuesday of next week, and then. Uh, normal services will return early December here on Tradies. Use the rest of the station all as normal, which is going to be fantastic right throughout the day. Anything you want to buy into there in our chat with Matty Cox, Melbourne Cup Day generally. We'd love to hear if you're out at Randwick, if you back the winner, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Uh, heroic performances on the sporting field. We'll recap after the next break what Glenn Maxwell did last night. If you just, or early this morning, only a couple of hours ago, if you're just waking up and switching the radio on this morning, uh, quite unbelievable what Glenn Maxwell has done. So on the back of that, heroic performances on the sporting field. And anything else you want to talk about in sport, there's a bit of other rugby league news around we will get to as well on the other side. We spoke to Maddie for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. We'll take a break, come back with more in a sec. It's 22 minutes to six in New South Wales, 22 to five in Queensland. For Red Smoke Alarms, think Red Smoke Alarms, think Red Smoke Alarms.com.au and Amare Safety, uh, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Just uh, if you are tuning in, waking up, just a reminder, if you are with Optus, there is a national outage at the moment. Uh, so if you're having issues making phone calls or anything like that, sending text messages, that is uh, why. Um, and it sounds like in our chat with Manny Cox, it's affecting uh, trains in Melbourne as well. So uh, anyway, hopefully that all gets fixed sooner rather than later. Also, if you're just waking up, switching the radio on and haven't caught up on the cricket from overnight, quite an unbelievable performance by Glenn Maxwell. Um, one of the best performances. A couple of people, uh, Paul Dennett, who we'll speak to tomorrow, describing it as the best innings ever. Uh, off their 50 overs, Afghanistan made five for 291. Australia were in all sorts of trouble. Uh, at seven for 91, looked like it could be basically over for Australia very, very uh, early on. Seven for 91. Before Glenn Maxwell and Pat Cummins combined for a big partnership, Glenn Maxwell basically on no legs with injury, cramping, managed to hit 201 not out and win the match for Australia. Pat Cummins on the other end, the other end of the crease, he only made 12, but he was just as important. Quite unbelievable. Seven for 91. Um, and just a text on that we'll get to in a second. Seven for 91. Um, and it, then Australia getting home. And that means they will meet, looks like, South Africa in the semifinals. We'll have a chat with Paul Dennett about that shortly. Uh, sorry, tomorrow morning on the show. Darren Speed on the text, 0457 736 736. He says, morning, Dan. And I'm just seeing vision here of some of Glenn Maxwell's shots and how he's 
uh, playing it. He was lying down. At one point, Adam Zampa was going to come in. He could barely move Glenn Maxwell out of his crease, and he was just smashing sixes. Quite unbelievable to see what the pain he was in. Darren says, morning, Dan. It was 4 for 49 when Maxwell came in facing a hat-trick ball. Yes, I was awake at that point in time and heard that. Also, start giving out court behind, but it actually hit the off stump, not his bat. Most unbelievable game I've seen, and the drop catch was an easy one. Darren uh, from Ingleburn, thank you for the text, Darren. Uh, yeah, as I said, just a, quite an unbelievable performance by Glenn Maxwell. And as we said with Matty, he's copped a lot of criticism throughout his time, uh, not just with the Australian team, but domestically and in T20 cricket. But when he plays like that, maybe... That could be a turning of his career. I saw a couple of people saying maybe he should be the next test opener. We'll get Paul Dennett's thoughts on that tomorrow on the show. So well done to Australia. The World Cup continues tonight. England play Netherlands. And as I say, Paul Dennett will join me tomorrow morning on the show to recap everything that happened today and everything that's going to happen over the and everything that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks as well. Another text here from Big Ted, who's listening on the app from South Auckland. Morning to you, Ted. Almost eight o'clock there in the morning. Uh, why the interest in the league drops? This is in terms of international rugby league and the very disappointing crowd in Hamilton. Well, league uh, here there in New Zealand is on Sky TV only. They have an internet block too. So no KO. Um, so if you don't if you don't uh, subscribe to Sky Sports, you're in uh, the dark. So yes, uh, he's talking about International Rugby League and I think it's the same with the NRL over there. I'm pretty sure you could correct me, Ted, but pretty sure that's only on uh, Sky over there as well, which is our version of um, Foxtel. That, that is a point um, and a good point, Ted. I, I do think, and I'm not entirely sure, Ted, why they put that game in Hamilton, but I do understand the need to grow the game and the need to grow international rugby league. So that might, that, that's sort of a separate issue to the other issue that I was talking about uh, with Manny is the fact that I just don't think, and I know Brandy said uh, the same uh, the other morning on breakfast, I just don't think it captured the attention of the rugby league viewing public as much as it probably should have. And Maybe we looking back uh, a year ago with the Rugby League World Cup, I thought that, even though it was played in the UK, and yes, there are a lot of one-sided games, no doubt about that, but I, I thought that that captured the imagination a lot more, um, and maybe it was because I was over there for the end of it, I'm not sure, but I thought that is why, I thought that captured the attention of the general Rugby League a lot more than this did. I just don't think, it was good, but I just don't think it hit the mark, but... I don't know what the perfect solution is to International Rugby League. If you've got one, still got time to hear from you. 0457 736 736. I just, yeah, I'm not sure. I just don't think it hit the mark. But look, first year of it, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe if Tonga was over here as well, instead of playing England, as they did in that three-match series, it might have added a bit more um, interest. But anyway, uh, your thoughts on that? Is there another way we could do International Rugby League in the future? And... The thing is, this is the only point in time that we can play International Rugby League because we can't play it in the middle of the year. Uh, speaking of the International Rugby League and speaking of the Kangaroos, it seems uh, that despite their loss to New Zealand, uh, the ARLC is set to lock down Mel Meninga as Australian coach. So as mentioned, 30-0 uh, against the Kiwis last Saturday and clearly they copped a lot of criticism, criticism after the loss. Um, and there was some, the defeat sparked some rumours about maybe uh, Mel Meninga's future. 
But the ARLC looks like they are going to stick with Mel Meninga. It was just his third loss in 26 games during his seven-year stint as Australian coach. Um, and it was reported yesterday, David Riccio, in fact, here on this station, reported uh, yesterday, it looks like it's set to happen that Mel Meninga will stay on. Um, it seems that he will be there until uh, at least the end of 2026. So it looks like he will be staying as coach of Australia. And yes, only his third defeat in 26 games throughout seven years. So well done uh, to Mel Meninga if he does indeed keep his job there, which does sound like he will. Uh, someone that is not keeping his job in A-League uh, and uh, disappointing news for Steve Corica. Um, and it would be interesting to hear from Sydney FC fans on the back of this, Has have had a pretty poor start to the season after winning the Australia Cup only about a month ago in that game at Allianz Stadium. Their first three performances in the A-League this year haven't been great. Uh, and Steve Corica uh, sacked yesterday. He served as a player, captain, head coach, has a 19-year association with Sydney FC, but was relieved of his duties yesterday uh, with them having started uh, this season, having started uh, worse than any other season for Sydney FC. Uh, the Sydney FC board has made the decision to move in a new direction. Chairman Scott Barlow said in a statement, Steve is a legend of our club and has made an incredible contribution as both a player and a coach over our 19 year history. He is a true gentleman, has always put Sydney FC first, and I would like to personally thank him for all that he is has done. Yufik uh, Tale looks like the man uh, in line to replace Steve Corica at the moment. Sydney FC fans, your thoughts on that? Only three games in, but Steve Corica, sacked uh, from Sydney FC, no longer will be coach after a 19-year, as I say, association with Sydney FC as a player and a coach. Your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736, our text number. Open line, 1300 011170. It's 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5 in Queensland. The Breakfast Show, not too far away. To six in New South Wales, five and a half to five in Queensland. Don't forget, Beaumont Tiles, you haven't got too much longer, is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game with over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. So that is Sunday, so not long. And you're in with the chance before Sunday, November 12. T's and C's apply. Andy on the text says players need a off-season play internationals every second year. That one from Andy. Well, yeah, they do need an off-season. And I mentioned yesterday that some clubs are already back at training. But the players that have played basically right throughout the season uh, into the final, some in the grand final, then into International Rugby League and just finished last weekend, they probably won't rejoin their club, I would imagine, until very late this year or maybe not even until early next year. Uh, after the Christmas break, the players have. So they will get a bit of a break, but it leaves the clubs uh, with not much preparation heading into the season. Thank you for your company today. Tomorrow on the show, Chris Perkins, the latest from America, and Paul Dennett will talk all things cricket. Breakfast coming up with Jimmy Smith and Greg Alexander. Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Jimmy and Brandy, and then it will be Pat and Heels. Have a great Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m.